The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, offering support for your spiritual growth and addiction recovery. Here's Reverend Dan Beckett. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery on Unity Online Radio. We're glad you're with us today. I'm Reverend Dan Beckett here with co-host Reverend Michelle Jellinch. And today we share ways that spirituality and recovery intertwine and work together to support your spiritual growth in your recovery journey. Facebook users, you can send us your questions and comments anytime during the week from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Just click the send message button right below the banner. Each week on the show, we'll respond to a listener question or comment. Be assured that your anonymity will always be respected. So please go ahead and let us know what's on your mind. We would love to hear from you. Today's show is titled, We Admitted We Were Powerless. 12-Step Wisdom teaches that we're powerless, powerless over our addiction. But does that mean that we're powerless over everything? Certainly over the behavior or substance that brought us into recovery, but what about the rest of life? Today, we want to share our experience, strength, and hope on practical ways we can move from powerlessness to balanced living through the spiritual power of dominion. We'll begin by sharing our experiences of that powerlessness, and then we'll move into the solution of the power of dominion. And after the break, we'll share with you exactly how we used the power of dominion to move from that powerlessness to a life of more balanced living. So Dan, tell us about what powerlessness was like for you, or maybe even sometimes continues to be like for you. Well, it's easy for me to remember what it was like then because, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm going to guess that many of us have had similar experiences that at the end of my uh, drinking career, you know, shortly before I retired, things got particularly bad. And one thing I remember from that period of time is this just growing sense of dread that w- was in me. And so... The, the powerlessness over alcohol began to, it felt like, sort of expand into just a general level of fear in, in my life experience that, you know, would be happening in the middle of the afternoon. I mean, even if I wasn't drinking, even if there was no alcohol in my bloodstream, um, you know, there in the last, I don't know how long, it, probably not a year, but, I'm you know, I'd just for background, uh, I was, my, my career is a slow burn 
right? I was a, I drank for almost 30 years. And the last 15 years, I was a daily drinker. And you can imagine that that got heavier and heavier very, very slowly over time. And so, you know, by the time I got to the end, um, you know, maybe the last three months, six months, this is starting to happen. And certainly by the last four weeks, it was completely over, overwhelmed me, this growing sense of dread. And so when I think about powerlessness, I had just sort of lost control over my own experience in the world. Yeah, gosh, you know, powerlessness is such a tricky concept, I found, in the 12-step program. It's very key to our uh, 12-step work, that being the first step, admitting we were powerless over alcohol, but it's, it's kind of a subtle concept to work with. I mean, you know, the, the lead into the show today, you asked, does it mean that we are powerless over everything? And I was thinking about that. And it, there is a sense in which we are powerless over everything, you know, um, our, and that's something that we have to learn as addicts, right? We are not holding up the universe single-handedly, right? We are not <laughs> controlling everyone and everything. And so one of the big things that we learn in recovery is how to begin to relinquish some of that control, that tight grip that we have on things. And we do that by admitting our powerlessness, right? Yeah. But the it's, it's a wonderful spiritual paradox, and there are so many spiritual paradoxes on the spiritual journey, that as we become aware of our powerlessness, we begin to gain power. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. But it's 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 a little tricky to understand. It's sort of like in the Course of Miracles, they say something about you know that in our in our uh, powerlessness or in our defenselessness lies our strength. And so basically, to me, what it's referring to is my human self versus my God self. So my human self is powerless. In and of myself, I am powerless because I'm just a human. But once I've allied myself with the divinity within, with my higher power, with the universe, spirit, God, whatever you want to call it, then I gain what we're going to be calling today dominion. So I don't know if that helps set the stage a little bit, but it's just sort of a tricky, we are both powerless, we are both powerless and extremely powerful, but it depends on whether we're coming from our limited human selves or from our God selves, our divine selves. Yeah, I, I like that um, because the, the, you know, learning to distinguish that which I have influence over versus what I don't is kind of a lifetime journey. You know, yeah. in even in uh, recovery programs that aren't substance oriented, like the the Anon programs, Al Anon mm -hmm. and whatever, I've been to some Al Anon meetings, and and there I'm powerless over people. Uh, what is it? People, places, places and things. And like things. I can't. I have no control over what you do. And so if I if I make my life purpose all about making you happy or making sure you don't get upset or whatever it is, right. then I am just as off track, you know, as an alcoholic that's trying to find their way through, you know, consuming alcohol to be okay. In yeah. the, and so <clears throat> the uh, powerlessness, like you said, uh, and, and I, and I'm on this journey. I am no expert in right. all of this. I can guarantee that. But learning as we go, learning as I go, um, starting with alcohol, 
You know, when I when I first heard that powerless over alcohol, that that idea that of general powerlessness sort of seems to creep into the discussion. And I remember thinking, well, I don't think that that's true, but I know it's true about alcohol. Um, I'm powerless over alcohol if I put it in my body, right? <laughs> but I'm not powerless. I have regained the power to choose not to put it in my body. And that's the, you know, we say don't quit before the miracle. That's yeah. the miracle is that there was a long time when that was not possible. I did not have a choice, which is the hardest thing for non-addicts and alcoholics to understand. Yeah. I did not have a choice about my drinking. Maybe it looked like I did from the outside, but I absolutely did not uh, from the inside. So I really appreciate your sharing your experience with that because I can't relate to that. You know, I think many of you know, and you know, Dan, that I got sober very young. I was 24 years old. And so I hadn't gotten to that point, undoubtedly. And I know that I would have gotten there eventually. And that, like we say in the program, that those experiences are out there for me. Should I choose to go back and try it out? Yeah. I know that I can get to, but you know, I until now have not needed to do that. Don't want to do that. But I don't have that experience of um, trying to quit or trying not to drink and, and feeling that powerlessness. But that's okay, because I can still really relate and gain a lot from the understanding of being powerless over people, places and things like you mentioned, you know, my addictive uh, nature is not limited to alcohol. I don't know about yours, but <laughs> my addiction, uh, covers a whole lot of things and that need to control um, other people's reactions or what they do in order to feel safe myself. Um, that was a big, you know, big part of my, um, a part of my problem, a part of my issue. So again, it's that relinquishing control, you know, that we, there are very few things that we do have power over in this life, but they, it's pretty much limited to power over ourselves, ourselves and our, our own reactions and what we do. And so, again, it's that paradox of learning to let go of that which we have no power over and learning to develop the power over the one thing we do have, which is over ourselves. Over our consciousness, which I am learning over time is the only thing I actually need any yes. power over. Because when I have that, I have all the things that I was trying to get by, you know, trying to control other stuff um, by using alcohol to try and be okay in the world. So as you shared, I was reminded of the saying that I've heard many times, but for the grace of God, there go I. Yes. I could do that too. If yeah. I keep going on this path, I'll be right down there where that other person is, you know, rather right. than saying, oh, I'm not like all the rest of you, you know, drunks. I, I, right. I never did that. And so I don't really belong here and blah, blah, blah. You know how that can be, especially at the beginning. But for the grace of God, there go I. Um, another thing that I experienced powerlessness over was... Um, you know, and, and this is related to what I was saying, uh, drinking, yes, I, I jotted down drinking while I was deciding 
whether to drink or not. I don't know <laughs> if anyone else has had that experience. I distinctly had that experience. Like while my mind was going through the steps of apparently or allegedly is the word allegedly making <laughs> a decision about whether I was going to drink that evening or not. My body had already taken a drink by that time. Yeah. It is the weirdest experience i that that's the best way i can say it it seems crazy and it is crazy yeah. in a way yeah. that's how dissociated i suppose th that i was you know the part of the part of me that thinks that it gets to decide uh it was wrong the part of me you know that thinks it still has the power to decide is pretending to go through the motions of making that decision when the part of me that very well knows that ain't gonna happen had already taken over so I mean, if, if that's not powerless, not if that's not powerlessness, I don't know what is. That, you know, yeah. I, I noticed that months and months and months before I quit drinking. I don't know if it was years, but it was not like the last four weeks. Yeah. Again, I can't relate to that experience particularly with alcohol, but I can relate to it with other things. You know, like. Um, I'm not going to get in another relationship for a while. You know, I'm going to take care of myself. Boom. I'm in a relationship. I'm engaged. How did this happen? You know, but it was because yes, this very similar process. Um, my intentions not lining up with my actions. And I think I can sum it up as just living in a very unconscious way. I was just not real conscious of what was going on. You know, I just found myself in situations. I was living in that compulsion. You know, for me, it was a compulsion to be in a relationship or to, you know, do other things. But um, so for me, sobriety has been moving from that unconsciousness to a consciousness, being conscious of my decisions, consciously making decisions rather than just being powerless and finding myself in situations and wondering how the heck I got there. Yeah. Well, that very phrase applies to, uh, uh, you know, blackout drinking as well. And clearly yeah. to other things too. How did I get here? I wake up, you know, I yeah. break out in spots, you know, uh, Albuquerque, uh, Toronto. Well, and you know, they, as they say that alcoholic, you know, alcoholics are on a first date because they have a U-Haul. <laughs> yes. I've heard that before. So too. that's just how we function. Well, so now that we know about this challenge of powerlessness, we've actually barely scratched the surface, but we trust <laughs> that you, our listeners, uh, know what we're talking about. Now that we know about this, what is the solution? Well, in unity, and as we always say, we affirm that all of life is governed by spiritual principles. Yes, and as we know, our Unity co-founder, Charles Fillmore, <clears throat> developed a set of 12 spiritual principles that he called the 12 powers. And these are 12 spiritual abilities that we all have, but that we can learn to make better use of in order to further our spiritual growth. And one of those powers is known as the power of dominion, or the power of power, but I think that's confusing. So I always call it the power of dominion, which is described as self-mastery and spiritual presence. And that power is what we want to focus on today. But what does this look like in real life? Those phrases, self-mastery, spiritual presence, those seem like pretty lofty terms. I mean, what do they mean really in day-to-day -day life? So Michelle, when you think about um, those abilities or this power of dominion that's uh, described in this kind of um, 
I don't know what way. It's an airy fairy. <laughs> I'm not sure. It just <laughs> seems very uh, lofty is the word that keeps coming to mind. Like, really, yeah. what the heck does that mean? But when you really dig into this power of dominion, what comes up for you? You know, Charles Fillmore, he liked the lofty words. <laughs> yes. He was basically a big old nerd. We're basically a cult of nerds, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> he did like those words. So, yeah, let's break it down to um, real life. You know, again, it's what we've been talking about. Um, you know, what is it that we have power over versus what are we powerless over? And so dominion is that which we do have power over that, which we can learn to master, as you said, self mastery. And so I believe that we, as we, as we get sober, I was going to say, as we grow sober, but it's true. We sort of do grow sober, right? As we get more and more soberer (laughs) in the program, we, we gain that self mastery. It certainly does not happen overnight. Um, we may suddenly realize that we have a whole lot more self-mastery than we once did, but the journey towards self-mastery, self-understanding, self-awareness, and that spiritual presence is a lifelong path. And so <clears throat> what we find is that um, we really are powerless over most things in life, but we do have dominion over, like you said, our own consciousness. Now, I don't know, dominion sort of implies that we've mastered it. And for me, it doesn't work that way. It is, it's a process of gaining more, more and more mastery. This idea that I'm in total control of my consciousness, I don't know about you, but um, that hasn't happened. I've gained a lot more mastery over my consciousness. Um, I've certainly gained an awareness over my consciousness. Um, but the consciousness is, you know, the mind is a crazy thing and it, it has a tendency to want to go back onto autopilot when we're not paying attention. So the, the spiritual path is a, is a path of awakening, becoming more and more awake. You know, for me, when I was drinking, I was very not awake, asleep to a lot, a lot of things. And every day and week and month and year that I stay sober, I become more awake. Um, I don't know if that makes sense, but awakeness is sort of a prerequisite for self-mastery. I cannot have dominion or have power over things that I'm not awake to. So the more awake I become, the more I can begin to use this power of dominion to master myself. Yeah, I think that it's almost could be seen as the same thing because awareness, while awareness may be the first step. So let me, I'm thinking out loud here. Just, I might have a new awareness, but not yet have anything that I might call mastery over. So there's a path from awareness to um, dominion, mastery. What else did we call it? See, I can't even remember these. Uh, Spiritual presence. Oh, right. Of course. I know exactly what that is. Yeah, yeah, These are abstract (laughs) concepts. So I also loved, I learned a new word from you just now, soberer. You know, I'm always working to be soberer. I'm going to start calling it soberity. Yes, there we go. The process of being sober. You're getting sober every day in every way. You're getting soberer and soberer. (laughs) That's right. I love living my life of soberity. So, uh, but what I want to say is one thing that helps me with these 12 powers is the, is the fact that each of them 
kind of has a, they're like two sides of a coin, right? There are 12 of them total, but there are six pairs and the pairs are related like love and wisdom go together. And I won't dive into what that dynamic is, but it's a pretty important way. And I find it uh, helpful to, when looking at one to sort of look at the other one and see how they are necessary to support one another. And the other side of the coin from dominion is imagination. Now, the power of imagination is our ability to conceptualize and envision a different future. So maybe we can see possibilities with our power of imagination, which is then tempered by our self-mastery and spiritual presence, right? Because if it weren't, I might go flying off doing whatever as soon as I thought of it. I'm, I've watched this show. I don't know if you've seen that show, The Good Place. No, on but I've heard TV. of it. Oh, my God, it's hilarious. One of the characters is a DJ from Jacksonville, Florida. And he explains once that whenever he is, finds himself in a big problem, he just throws a Molotov cocktail, and then he has a completely different problem. <laughs> <laughs> so he's not expressing a lot of self-mastery, right? He just imp Impulse control is another way to look at like it. Alcohol so, thinking right you know, there. <laughs> Just because I think of something to say or do doesn't mean I need to immediately say or do it, right? So my imagination is important as it, you know, can present to me possibilities. That's how we, that's how we create our world, literally. We inherit our creative ability from the creative source, right, from God, and we are creating our own lives. We're so good at it, we don't even know we're doing it. We can't even see the mechanism that is in place. But believe me, we are creating our own life experience. And so we do that beginning with imagination. I can envision something that's not actually true or there, and then I can find a path toward it. And uh, self-spiritual presence or self-mastery, you know, extremely important for kind of staying in balance as our... Um, imaginations go to work with, you know, all kinds of possibilities, you know, how do we, how do we choose them? So that's one thing that helped. I don't know if that's helpful to anybody else, but it helps me say, what is this power of dominion? Well, it's the, it's the thing that kind of regulates my imagination mm -hmm. in a way, in a positive way. You know, I don't mean represses it. I mean, right. you know, puts it to best use. Yeah, I like what you said that, you know, like all of these powers, basically, like all of our human powers, we are always using them. It's whether we're using them skillfully or not. And I would add, it's whether we're using them consciously or not. And that becoming conscious of it is, the, like I said, the prerequisite to learning to use them skillfully. So when I was drinking, I was unconscious. It's, it's not just that I was drinking. It was basically before I found unity and understood any of this. So before I was living life in a very unconscious way, I didn't know that I was co-creating my life with spirit. I didn't know that, you know, I had this powerful consciousness that was um, creating my experience of reality. The more I become aware of that process, the more I can then begin to use that incredible power in a skillful way. So um, let me just give a really, uh, just a simple example. And I saw a meme earlier this week on Facebook. I reposted it because I thought it was so great. It was basically... Um, there's two, you know, two frames. And in the first frame, the woman is having the, the um, feeling or the thought, I'm unlovable. 
And in the second frame, she's saying, I realize I'm having the thought that I'm unlovable or something, something to that, um, yeah. you know, something like that. And so to me, that just totally encapsulated what happens is it's like when we're not conscious, we're being driven by all of these really, um, you know, subconscious things, things that are, you know, these, these things get programmed in childhood and because of trauma and our experiences, yada, yada, and they are driving our behavior. So the first step is when we become aware of it. And this is huge. So, so huge. I can't even tell you how huge it is to become aware. I'm having the thought that I'm unlovable rather than just having that experience and believing it to be true. It's like this little bit of remove and it happens with spiritual practice. It happens with time. It happens with meditation and prayer and staying this path for the long haul. We begin to become aware of these mechanisms, these things that are functioning, and then we can begin to change them. But for my experience is that I spend a lot of time in that awareness stage before I gain that so-called dominion so but but it's it's a process right the more i become aware i'm having these thoughts the more i can go wow maybe i have the power to change it maybe i can replace it with something else i'm not the thought i'm i'm enough removed from the thought that i can observe the thought and to me that's where we move from powerlessness into dominion yeah it's not just happening to you you right. have a part in this. I have a part in my life experiences. Now, that doesn't mean that if I find myself, say, in an abusive relationship, that I chose it and therefore I have no. to stay there. It does not mean that at all. What it means is it does not have to be this way. My life can be different. I yes. can become aware of what's going on within me and learn over time to make different decisions and move in a different direction. Um, I had jotted down a few things that I realized, um, you know, sort of support our the growth, like you said, of, of from awareness to self-mastery. I know it increases as I learn boundaries, healthy, mm. you know, emotional boundaries. I know that my self-mastery increases as I learn uh, how to, I guess, lean on what I've heard called internal emotional support, which, uh, you know, I've had to learn as an adult, you know, instead of reaching out for a substance to try and feel better, I can develop some internal support for yes. my emotional experience. And I've had to learn that over years and years. And my self-mastery increases with my self-knowing, or we might call it emotional intelligence. Yeah. So just the more that I become conversant with these things, um, mm -hmm. the better I am slowly over time of applying my awarenesses and, and, and moving toward self-mastery and really making a difference in my life. Now, just because this stuff is easy to say and point at and write down, but it ain't easy to do. So we'll close with that. So let's hold that thought, though, because it is time for a short break. And when we come back, we'll continue the conversation. So please stay with us. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. 
the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back indeed, and we're glad you're with us today. If you're just joining us, my name is Reverend Dan Beckett. I'm here with co-host Reverend Michelle Jelinch. We will resume our discussion in a moment, but first we want to remind you that you can send us your questions and feedback anytime during the week from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Message us from there, and each week we'll respond during the show to a listener question or comment. And be assured that your anonymity will always be respected, so please let us know what's on your mind. So prior to the break, we were discussing powerlessness, our experience of powerlessness, what that was like. And then we moved into talking about the 12 powers and the power of dominion, what dominion is and what we do have power over. So Dan, let's bring it all full full circle now. How do we use this power of dominion to move from that powerlessness to more of a balanced way of living? You know, as I was looking through my notes on this, I found this quote that uh, I don't know why I have it quoted because I couldn't find it anywhere. I don't think, think it's from a famous source, but I found it helpful. And what it said is, my life will really start to work when I get on purpose with, with it in alignment with spiritual principles. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of a very broad way of stating the whole mission, if you will, of the of the unity movement is for us to become aware like we were talking about before first always the first step is awareness for us to become aware of spiritual principles and then get purposely in alignment with them i like that way of seeing it it's just a little bit of a different take on the on the concept like it's not something that just happens to me i'm a full participant into uh, getting on purpose you know, to get on purpose with something tells me that I have to make a decision. I have to make a choice um, to be on purpose with it. And what I'm getting on purpose with is my life in alignment with spiritual principles. Another shorter way of perhaps saying that same thing is live the truth you know, mm-hmm. right? That, that's been helpful to me as well because we, you know, it's it's so easy to get overwhelmed with everybody's in their cousin's take on all of this stuff. We could read a massive pile of books that allegedly is talking about all these same things. And some of it makes sense and some doesn't. And which one should I be looking at? You know, all that. But that idea that the, the, the spirit that is me, you know, that the, I'm a hu- I'm a spiritual being having a human experience. Um, my true identity as a spiritual being, it knows the answer to all of that. I don't yeah. need to, um, be concerned with which of all these things is the thing I should be paying attention to now, as long as I'm willing to turn within and trust my guidance on yeah. it. Right. And that, yeah. you know, that's something that we, I know we can all learn because I had to learn it. You know, um, I hope this fits in all of this, but what came to mind when you were talking is um, help me jog my memory. When do we say thy will not mine be done? Is that at the end of the Lord's prayer, right? No, we, that's not the Lord's Prayer, but it's a... Where do we say that? Well, yeah, it, it is in there, but not with that exact phrase. Okay, well, anyway, I have to plug my brain in a little better. But there's some some place that we say that in 12-step meetings, at least out here we do, where we say, oh, yeah. thy will not mine be done. Okay, so when I came into recovery, 
like so many people, I heard that thy will, not mine, be done. I heard I have to do what God wants me to do, not what I want to do, right? Which meant yeah. to me in early sobriety, that meant no more fun, no more partying. You know, it was all over for me. Party's over. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and I think some, I, I you know, I, I saw folks getting caught up in that dichotomy of like, okay, like, let's say, I don't know, something simple. I want to go, I want to get into this relationship or I want to go do this thing, you know? Well, that's my will. What's God's will, you know, and getting into this dichotomy of assuming that my will is what's fun and crazy and exciting and what God's will is what's boring and I'm not going to want to do it. Right. So that to me creates this, this dilemma where we don't want to do God's will because we think it's not going to be as fun as our will. So what helped for me was a sponsor who told me that I should try to shift it to saying thy will and my mine be one instead of thy will not mine be done thy will and my will be one and what that meant for me and what it has come to mean for me over time is aligning my will with god's will now what is god's will for me in a very simple understanding always my highest good and the highest good of everyone else my highest spiritual growth my highest good so basically what that means to me now is wanting for myself what God wants for me. You were talking about aligning our lives with spiritual principles. That's what that means to me, that I begin to want my highest good. So my highest good is not going to be to go out and get drunk and get a DUI. My highest good is not going to be to go and get in a relationship with someone who treats me badly. God's will is always for my highest good. So I need to get to the place where I want that for myself too. And that's when it all starts to line up, if that makes any sense at all. It does. I find that really helpful, that concept of al- alignment. I want to come into alignment, alignment with spirit is one way to look at it. Yeah. You know, some of us um, have a, a, a view of spirit or, or of God sort of, you know, has set out a course for my life and my job is to discover it. Um, I tend to think of it a little bit differently, that God is the, you know, a realm of infinite possibility, and I can come into alignment with that in the way that is right and perfect for, you know, given my, the sum of my life experiences, you know, how can I be helpful to others, for example? You know, we talked, uh, I mentioned before about this concept of seeking guidance, which was one of the first things that I picked up on or learned um, in, in hanging around in, in unity because I, I, I got sober years after I encountered a unity church and sort of got into the whole unity thing, which is backwards uh, than some. But this concept of, in, you know, this internal guidance, it was taught to me that it, it sort of always perfectly knew what the right thing to do was. And if I could get in touch with it, then I could learn to do those things. Now, I also learned along the way that it might have some very unexpected outcomes, yes. right? Just, just because I have a conception of something like, oh, my guidance is to go do this. If I think I know where that's going, I may mm-hmm. very well soon find out. I have no idea where that's going. I mean, it, right. yeah, it may well be the best course of action, but not because for any reason that I could have thought of, Yeah, you know, and in a way 
you know, taking another drink was the next right thing for me to do because I needed to hit a bottom. I wasn't going to get better until things got a lot worse. Now that sounds weird. And I don't recommend that someone conclude that, Oh, what I need to do is go drink more. You know, (laughs) what we need to do is become sober. If we have a problem with alcohol, I did. And, uh, to learn about, uh, what I've heard called checking our guidance. You know, it's as simple as, um, you know, taking a breath, we call it turning within, which I think is a wonderful phrase because I'm literally taking my attention off of the world around me and I'm choosing to focus my attention to my inner experience, right? And the easiest way to do that for me is to notice my breath, right? I don't have to change my breathing in any way. There's nothing to be achieved. There's no score. There's no goal. I simply choose to turn my, focus my attention within My body experience, focusing on my breath helps me. And then just sort of check out, check out what's going on. Like Mm -hmm. notice, like we were talking about before, notice what is happening. And all of a sudden, you know, a way becomes clear where before there was no way. I've seen it described that. And so I live by this principle now. I've totally integrated it into my life to the point where I don't even feel like I necessarily always have to go through sort of all the formal steps of doing it. I have a good sense of what is right. Um, I still do turn within because there's always, always more and more and more to discover and uncover and learn and unlearn. Um, But that, that practice of seeking guidance just by simply being open to my internal experience, that alone has changed my life completely. Absolutely. And that's, you know, the foundation of unity is prayer. And so what you're talking about is time spent in communion with the God of our understanding, prayer and meditation. Absolutely. Um, And that goes right in hand in hand with turning it over, which is our third step, you know. Um, But the thing is, is when we turn things over, what does that mean? You know, we have to have we have to have trust enough in God to turn things over. So again, for me, it goes to a general worldview of like, what, what am I here for? What is happening to me? And this current status of my worldview is that everything that is presenting itself in my life is ultimately for my highest good. Okay. Now, does that mean that, you know, things that happen that are quote unquote bad, you know, that I'm going to somehow like them or that bad things don't happen or that tragedies don't happen. Absolutely. They do. And we definitely don't want to do spiritual malpractice where we, you know, blame people for creating tragedies or somehow saying, you know, what was in your consciousness when you got that flu or something, (laughs) you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. It's, it's the belief that whatever is showing up is ultimately for my spiritual growth. And I'm going to plug, you know, The Eye of the Storm, um, a book that we use in Unity. And it really helped me, really, really helped me to make that shift. So when people were showing up in my life that were hurting my feelings, triggering me, causing me pain, whatever, I began to see that that person was playing a role in my life. They were showing up to help spirit point out what was next for me, what I needed to do next. Um, when, when I'm having a reaction to something, 
I know now that it is spirit guiding me to where I am still unhealed, to where I need to work next. The way I like to talk about it now is it's like God laying out the curriculum for me. Here's your next assignment. Boom. That person said something at church, really triggered you, pissed you off, hurt your feelings, whatever. Okay, that's my next assignment. My next assignment is to look at why is this person triggering me? Why am I so upset about this? What needs to be healed in me? Because if I don't heal it, the assignment will come back again. You know it will, right? It'll come back again and again and again. So I'm learning to do a better job at taking that assignment, you know, not always do it perfectly, certainly, but um, that's just really helped me have sort of a framework for my life. What is happening? What are all these things that are happening in my life? Well, they don't make sense from the ground level view, but if I can go up to that 30,000 foot view, you know, like they talk about, um, I may not be able to see all of it, but I trust that it's all moving me towards my highest good, moving me towards more growth, towards a closer walk with God, however you want to describe it. Every single thing that shows up in my life is moving me in that direction. Yeah, I love that way of seeing. And I'm, I'm sitting here, you know, trying to think of a practical example, because like you said, we don't, um, I, I certainly wouldn't call everything that happens good. Um, but I believe that there's something in everything that I experience that, that helps me along my way. And that kind of like you're saying, my work if you will, you know, my, what, what's mine to do yeah. in this world at this moment is, you know, basically whatever it is that's arising in my at attention, whether I like it or not, has actually nothing to do with it. In fact, if I don't like it, it's probably has more upside to it yes. <laughs> than if I do like it. So I'm going to give an example. I was, um, of a family uh, tradition for quite a while now of a summer beach vacation in North Carolina on the East Coast. And so I, I, we're doing that in, it's always August, or for a long time it's been in August. And we were there in August, and I'd love to be in the ocean, and I've learned to surf there, you know, very casually. I don't like big waves or whatever. But um, I was out in the surf, and I had to bail from my board, which uh, you do. And for whatever happened, um, the board hit my back of my heel on one of the fins and it cut the back of my heel pretty badly. And at first I thought, oh, I got a scrape. You know, I'm, I'm in the ocean. I don't know what's going on. It's like, oh, that, you know, that didn't feel good. I scraped the back of my I thought, God, I better get out and look at it. Well, it was bleeding like, you know, all it, it, yeah, it looked really badass. I should take a picture of it. Because it looked, as it turned out, way worse than it actually was. <laughs> and I'm sitting here thinking, this is not what I would have chosen. What you know, and I'm I was remarkably able to stay calm. I didn't get I could have been angry about it. I could have been totally freaked out. I was just like, okay, wow. Did not see this coming. Not sure where this is going. Not even quite sure exactly you know, like, I don't even know how bad this is. Do I need to have it looked at, yeah. you know, what's going on? And so I just took it one moment at a time. And to fast forward to the end, uh, it wasn't that bad. I didn't need to go to the urgent care or whatever. I didn't need to get stitches. All I needed to do was to, you know, rinse it off as appropriate and wash it, which is appropriate and, and put a bandage on it. So it didn't get, you know, bumped into other things. 
Um, and then just sort of, you know, be aware of it and, and mind it uh, for the next while. And so I'm not sitting here claiming to know that, you know, that was spirit was sending me a message and now I know exactly. I don't know. But I know that that happened. I had a lot of choices about the way that I walked through it. And I walked through it this past summer in a way probably been very different than, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago uh, when I walked through. And so I, you know, cutting my heel on my surfboard is not good. I don't think, oh, I hope I do that again so I can learn some more. No, I'm not thinking that at all. But it did happen, and I get to choose my response to it. We, I do the best that I can, you know, in that moment. And I learn something important and valuable from it, whether I realize it or not. Yeah. So anyway, that, you know, that's what came to mind when I think of, you know, stuff happens to me that I don't like. But there's still good in it somewhere for me That's if, right. I, if I look for what it is. So, or there, or we can make there be good. What we say, you know, is God. Whatever happens, God can make it for good. What that means is when we align our consciousness with the God mind, we can find the good in something. right and that's the that's the power of dominion that's the power that we have you know we don't want to get into a debate over um how much co-creative power we actually have i remember we did that in your class uh (laughs) in prosperity class that was interesting you know can we make those the uh stoplight change with our mind remember that discussion hey man that's the litmus (laughs) test question do you change the color of the light with your consciousness or (laughs) Or does your consciousness work with whatever the color happens to be? That totally reminds me of this. Create. I know. It reminds me of this scene in Friends where Phoebe is sitting there blinking her eyes, thinking that she's making the TV go off and on, but she's actually, somebody else is doing it. Yeah. It's, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we can think that we, oh, look, I created a parking space. Anyway, that's a whole other debate. But um, whether or not we have the power to change the stoplight, uh, We definitely, so we don't, I believe that we don't have total control over everything that happens in the universe. We just don't, you know, it's simply too complicated because I'm not acting by myself. There's, you know, seven, whatever, seven and a half billion others of you, not to mention a lot of other sentient beings that are also co-creating and a whole lot of other forces that I don't even understand or need or even want to understand. Um, And so the, the power that I do have is over this little bit of the universe, which is me. And I don't even have a lot of power over that, okay? I'm just saying. But that's the only place that I do have any dominion. And so what that story that you gave is a perfect example. You're talking about moving from powerlessness to dominion. Um, you didn't have, you know, you didn't certainly didn't consciously create your foot being cut, but you did have a certain amount of power over how you reacted to that. And in choosing that reaction, you created your reality, right? You could have done the opposite. You could have said, this is horrible. I'm going to get an infection. I have to go to the hospital. My vacation is ruined. And you could have created a whole lot of drama and unhappiness and maybe ruined the vacation for your family as well. I mean, a whole bunch of things, right? But you didn't do that. You used your power of dominion to manage your own reaction to it. We were talking before the show about self-regulation. 
you know, which begins with awareness, having that awareness over myself and my reactions to things. And then once I have that awareness, I can begin to self-regulate. I can begin to become aware of the thoughts and reactions that are driving me. And I can choose to respond in a different way. And this is you know, you like to talk about, I love the term, you know, skillful use of these powers. We're using these yeah. powers all the time. The question is, are we going to be using them skillfully? And so that's where our work is, is to learn to develop the conscious, skillful use of our power of dominion. I love that. And, you know, you're talking about uh, that whole concept of manifesting and, and one example I love. So my my spouse happens to like, she's really good at cooking and she really likes cooking. So she ends up cooking a lot of stuff because it's fun for her. And I can, you know, walk in the house at the end of the day and say, look how amazing I am. I manifested this amazing dinner. <laughs> you wouldn't, I was on my way home thinking, gosh, I would really love an amazing dinner when I walk in the house. And there it is. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Everyone can think. You know, I say that because it's totally ridiculous. Yeah. But, you know, I, I certainly could be self-centered enough to see things that way. Yeah. Uh, it's possible. I'm reminded also of something that I've learned from the Buddhists who say that pain, pain is inevitable. A suffering is optional. Right. right. I got my heel got cut. It just happened. There it is. My choice begins at that point of, like you said, how am I going to respond to it? How am I going to move forward um, from this time? I had a minister who, who had a lot of wonderful sayings, and one of them was, watch your mind like you would watch a snake. <laughs> like yeah. our minds are, have a tremendous uh, are tremendously powerful, yes. and we got to keep an eye on what is going on in there, because I am creating my life experience. Not like you said, not because I'm quote making everything happen to me that happens, but because I'm choosing my response. Where am I going to leave it as simply as pain, and where am I going to create suffering create around? Story as about but it's time for us to change gears, believe it or not, and turn our attention to a question or a comment that uh, come in from our listeners. And here's something that often comes up, and we start to touch on this already, uh, and I know this was a, has been a quandary for me and probably for you too. It goes something like this. How can I see the bad things that happen in my life as helping me? on my spiritual growth path. I mean, I used a simple, innocuous, yeah. bad thing. There are yeah. some very, very big things that yes. happen. I mean, I chose a, an example that's easy to swallow, but man, right. look around at the world. There's some nasty stuff going on. I mean, part of our problem is our need to label everything as good or bad, right? And of course, we're doing that from our limited human perspective. So what you might um, label bad may end up being good or even just, you know, the labels are problematic in themselves. Things just are. Uh, we don't need to label everything as good or bad because we don't have, you know, we don't operate from the God mind or from that 30,000 foot perspective all the time. We operate from our human selves. So just knowing that can be helpful. But for me, and this is just for me, you know, I really go with that eye of the storm framework of life, that every single thing that is showing up is showing up for a reason. I don't know exactly how it all works, but I know that ultimately my trajectory here on this planet is towards my spirit's highest growth and development, my highest consciousness 
consciousness, my highest reunion or union with God. And so I may not see it in the moment, but I just trust that it's all, all things are working for good. I love that, especially what you just said about labels, right? Because if I fall and break my leg and, and someone says something like that to me, I get mad and say, are you telling me that breaking my leg is a good thing? No, I'm telling you, stay out of the whole good, bad business. Yes. Yes. Your leg is broken. This we know. You yeah. don't need to, you know, pile on a bunch of unhelpful meaning onto it. Yes. What yes. is your best exactly. way forward? Well, turn within and, and ask of spirit, what is my best way forward yes. from here? And my short answer to how can I see bad things that happen in my life as helping me is because I decide that yeah. they are. I decide that there's good in there somewhere. And by deciding, I look, and when I look, I find. Seeking, ye shall find. That's right. Absolutely. Well, as always, we like to leave you with an affirmation that you can use throughout the week. And our affirmation today is, by connecting with my inner divinity, I create the life I desire. I love that. By connecting with my inner divinity, I create the life I desire. Just like we're saying, we do that by um, getting out of the business of labeling and getting into the business of turning within and just sort of take a breath. All righty, here's what's going on. And aligning with spirit. What might be next for me, given that this is what's going on? Well, it's happened again. You've given yourself the gift of another hour listening to Spirit of Recovery, or we like to think of it that way, and we're grateful (laughs) that you have. And we genuinely hope that you found something in all of our babbling that will be genuinely helpful to you in your own recovery. Thanks, Reverend Michelle, for our discussion, of course, and thanks to all who are listening to the podcast via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher and tune in. We bless you wherever you are on your recovery journey. Listeners, if you'd like, you can always connect with us on our Facebook page during the week. It's Spirit of Recovery. And we'd love it if you would give us your thoughts and feedback on the show. We invite you to join us again next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central. And until then, don't drink like my co host. And don't drink like my co host. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hi, I'm Liz Winter, and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Medium Ship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.